Welcome to Build It Bootcamp, a podcast for aspiring entrepreneurs that are frustrated with their W-2 jobs. Join us and learn how to build and scale your own business, hosted by me, LJ Haywood. During each episode, I will introduce a topic that relates to business and entrepreneurship. Whether or not it's just myself or even a special guest, the information will be valuable in building and scaling your own business. Real quick, before we get started, I wanted to ask you a question. Are you locked into what you're doing right now, career-wise, job-wise, or are you seriously just frustrated and you're looking for something bigger and better? Well, if that is the case, I got some great news for you. Our team's expanding online, but we're looking for the right people, people that are entrepreneurial-minded. And I figured you're listening to this podcast, so you might be the kind of person we're looking to work with. But I don't know for sure. So book an interview by visiting countonly.com forward slash LJ Haywood. That's C-A-L-E-N-D-L-Y dot com forward slash LJ Haywood. Whether or not in business or in life, fear can be debilitating. And today I had a conversation with Ladoris Bell on how she was able to, and the process that she used to let go of fear. I grew up in Arkansas. I'm still here. Yay. (laughs) I love Arkansas. Um, I live in in Little Rock. And so, yeah, that's where I went to high school and college and everything else. Okay. So while growing up in Arkansas, I know that because the way I I met you was through uh, you're learning different languages and stuff right now. Right. Right. And we're part of a mastermind group on Facebook that we're both uh, trying to get better at just uh, just being able to communicate. It really what it comes down to. Right. Effectively. And so obviously then communication is really important to you. Was that always the case growing up or was it something like you recently got involved in? Yeah. Well, you know, actually I was the complete opposite when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I was extremely shy. I cried when people talked to me. (laughs) I used to cry in class because I didn't want to say anything. And so I was the complete opposite. Okay. I used to, um, you know, cry in the backseat when I felt like, you know, no one was listening to me. But now I just can't, I can't even see myself um, being like that. I, I love to talk now. I love to write. And so, yeah, I've completely changed. So it sounds like there was, there was a change there. So maybe we'll dig into that a little bit later in the conversation, but um, now actually, you know what, let me ask you this. So, cause a lot of times introverted, cause it sounds like, were you introverted or were you just shy? Because I, I guess Ooh. it could be a little bit of a difference there. I'm not really sure. You know, I was I was pretty much a homebody. I didn't go anywhere besides my sports events. Other than that, I was at home. You know, I was okay. either working in the garden, um, hanging out with my dad cooking, or you know, talking to my mom or something like that. Other than that, I was pretty uh, much at home. What kind of sports were you into? Yeah, so I um, ran track. I did gymnastics, and I rode my bike all around town with my friends. And so, yeah, we uh, let's back up a second. Time. Wait, so you so you did gymnastics, mm-hmm. rode bikes, and what was the last one? Yeah, track and track. So mm-hmm. this is interesting, right? Because I look at sports very. When I was growing up, my cousins were really involved in group sports. So one of my cousins played basketball. The other one played football, and I didn't like. I didn't like. I didn't think I liked like sports because I didn't like group sports. 
Aww. at the time. Just growing up, it was weird. I, I, I guess now I'm still kind of like that. I, I like, I love boxing. I love jujitsu. <laughs> I love yoga. Yeah. I like these single pursuits where I don't really have to count on anybody to mm. help me. It's yeah. weird. It's weird psychology. And I, and, I, and I know I'm bringing that up because, you know, biking, swimming, you don't have to like call anybody to go and swim or go bike or, or go hiking. You know, my girlfriend and I, we love to go hiking. We love to go through these things that is that when I say that, does that resonate with you at all? Or is it or is it just kind of off topic? <laughs> no, like I understand what you mean. So for running, I had an amazing uh, running partner all the way up until high school. We OK, were so you like, do partner up with people when it comes to. Yeah, running. so I used to. But then. Yeah. Yeah. So after college, um, I just started doing things by myself. Um, you know, if I wanted to go flip and learn some new things, I would just go to the gym and just start flipping. And um, if I wanted to run 10 miles, I would just take out running 10 miles and then I'll be back kind of thing. And right. so. Um, so, yeah, I've always done swimming or something like that. It's pretty much by myself, but I would love to do things with people. But, you know, you can't always wait. <laughs> So when was it? When do you think there was a chance? Because I, I so uh, when you went to college, you were still doing uh, athletics, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I ran track still. Okay, and then what? What you go to school for? Uh, speech pathology and Spanish. Um, Could you break that down for me? Speech pathology. Yeah. So you what know exactly how... is speech pathology? I'm 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 kind of I'm kind of showing my lack of culture here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're fine. So speech pathology is basically like, well, you can work in different areas, right? So with the elderly, you can help with um, like stroke patients or in the school districts, you can help kids with um, who are learning a second language and then uh, also who have stuttering issues and things like that. So that's what speech pathology is. You can also help, you know, with um, people who have a hearing disability and help them to pronounce words Things like interesting, that. interesting. Mm -hmm. and, very. And you, when did you decide to do that? Because that's a, a very, a very specific mm -hmm. um, path in college. Because you know, the average person is just like, I'm just going to go and be a communication major. I'm just going to go in liberal arts. Yeah. But you, did you? Is that what you went to school for? No, it absolutely wasn't. I actually had no idea what I was going for. Yeah. And um, one day, I think I was just talking to someone and. Um, they introduced me to it. And I said, well, let me just, just go talk to the professors. And that's how it basically started. I didn't I didn't know anything about it. But once I got in and started um, practicing with the kids and we actually worked with um, kids with autism and things like that with their speech, I just kind of fell in love with it. And I still actually pretty much do that with people who I'm helping uh, learn English and Spanish. OK. And so. You have a desire to, uh, and what got you into learning different languages? Because that, so it, so there was a transitional point where you went from going to college, meeting this person. It's kind of funny how things just happen like that, right? You meet somebody yeah. and bring something up, and it just changes yeah. your whole life. Yes. Um, and then you, you get to work with kids, and I'm actually working with a nonprofit that works with kids with special needs, and uh, the founder, uh, her son has autism. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to be helping them out, um, mm -hmm. and just kind of taking some of the things that I'm learning with the things that we're doing and just donating my time. I, I think that that's one of the best things I can donate because I can't throw a lot of money at things right now because I'm investing a lot of in my business. Right. But if I can give you time, mm -hmm. I think that's even, even more valuable and exposure. Yeah, right? I absolutely <laughs> agree. Time is so valuable. When we give people our time, it shows that we actually care because we're investing in a different way. Yeah. Sometimes money, when we put money into something, we just kind of 
you know, we just have the money sometimes when we don't actually think about what actually it entails. And so, yeah, I think time is awesome. Yeah, because I, well, well, I, I grew up and I was in a, a situation where you could give all the money in the world yeah. to our family, but it, you might as well have been have thrown like wood on a fire, right? You weren't really solving the actual issues. And so throwing money at stuff is really something that I'm like, ah, if I can, if I can, if, if I can afford the time to figure out what the real issue mm-hmm. is, like, why do they need the money? Like if somebody asked me for money, my first question is, Hey, what's going on? Like, like what's the deeper issue behind that? Cause mm-hmm. if I just give you the money, I don't need it back. But then you haven't solved the problem of, of your money problem. <laughs> yeah. yeah so, so yeah, both are all important, of course, because we need money to actually do things, but we also need people to invest their time. So I think it all kind of just works out. Um, yeah. And I, I think I brought that up because everything you're doing right or have done is spending a lot of time connecting with people. And yeah. I think that that's why I saw a lot of value in that. Cause like recently you were doing these uh, Facebook lives with people from different parts of the world, right? Yes. Yeah. How was that? How's that experience? Connecting well, how is that experience? So how did I get started? <laughs> how did you get started? Let me let's start with that. Let me, let me back up. Mercy. That is a mouthful. Let me just tell you the short story here. Okay. Okay. So where do I start? So about six <laughs> years ago, I had my second child, right? Okay. And after I had my second child, I became extremely sick. And I'm talking about not just a cold and sick here and there. This is sick every day of the week, all day. Okay. And seem to the point to where I thought that I wasn't going to see the next day. And so there was many, many nights that I was scared to fall asleep because I was just like, if I fall asleep, that I know that is the closest state to death, like when mm. we're asleep and our body is resting. And I said, if I close my eyes and go to sleep, I might die. So I'm just I'm just going to to stay awake. And so I be, until I became exhausted. And so mm. I started to uh, develop all of these allergies. I'm talking about food allergies, environmental allergies. And just couldn't go anywhere outside of the house. And so it came a point to where I couldn't even breathe in the air outside. So if I had to go outside, I would cover my face, (laughs) run to the car and slam the door. And so I wasn't going very many places, if you can imagine that whole situation. Right. And so I said, "Okay, God, what can I do to actually continue to see people? Mm -hmm. And I had not really been studying Spanish at this point, but I knew that there was still some interest there. Right. Because I had already kind of fell in love with it, but just kind of fell off. And so I was like, well, how about I just, the the thought came into my head of reaching out to people to learn Spanish and to teach them English. And so. Um, that's a great that's, idea. That's I, how it came up. And. Oh my God, that's so cool. So here's the thing. It's like, it's a win-win also. Like even when I started doing this podcast recently, I was going out doing some um, like I hired a PR team and, and they were doing some things and I and, and I was working with some different groups. There was a young lady in a Facebook group here that I messaged her as the admin because I wanted to connect with her and, and see if I can work some projects with her on the group and probably doing some things that were yeah. more beneficial to the community as opposed to self-promotional type stuff. Right. A lot of people are like posting their links to their website or this and that. I'm like, could we I gave her my I gave her my information and said, hey, give me a call and I would like to help you. Maybe we could start 
putting out content that's helping people actually start a podcast. Like it, it's a podcasting group. And by doing that, it was it, it was it was very interesting because I had people reach out to me and they're like, oh yeah, well, I'd like to be a guest on your show. And they're from different countries. Mm-hmm. And doing a podcast, they want to practice their they want to they want to interview somebody that speaks fluent English. Yes. And 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 get better at that. And I was very, I was it was very in, 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 interesting. Yes. Because I've always I've always been because I, I grew up in Los Angeles, so I was partially bilingual. I'll say, yeah. <laughs> well, I knew just enough to go to the quinceanera and get food, right? Like I knew yes. just enough to be, re- be respectful to the family, right? Uh, as I'm walking in and 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 get me some of that food. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> so I knew just enough. I used to. I remember. Um, uh, I, I told you this story where I was invited to a quince, and I looked very Hispanic. Mm-hmm. Right? So I would right. get invited to these quinces. And this guy invites me, and this is back in like this is many years ago. So there was this whole pretty boy phase where guys were wearing like really button up, like pinks and real yes. like, uh, pastels. Yeah. And this kid shows up, and he gets invited by the young lady, and we're both about 14, 15. And we go to the door, and the dad opens the door, and it's a cultural thing, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, "What are you wearing?" And then the guy goes, "He goes, he goes, yeah, you can't come in because he was wearing the same color as the ladies." Yes. And so that he he had me come in. I was wearing like a fitted cap and like a ball cap, and I was just wearing all black. Like I always wear this. I, I probably wouldn't wear the same outfit since I was like fifteen, right? <laughs> so there's that, right? There's a problem. Yes. I, I got to talk to the, uh, our, our fashion consultant, right? Have have right. Me up. But anyway, so I go inside and I'm sp- he's speaking Spanish to me. I just know him just enough to be like, "Hola, cómo estás?" You know, "How are you?" Um, here's the food. Like you know, "Bebemos." Like, like I don't know whatever words like I knew at the time. Yeah. And then the young lady, she recognized me. She goes, dad, he doesn't even speak Spanish. He, he looks at me, he goes, why did you tell me? <laughs> we haven't <laughs> talking for like almost an hour by this time. Right. Wow. I'm just eating the food, listening to him speak Spanish to me. And I'm just like, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's laughing. He's laughing. He's like, you should have told me. And then she realized, she goes, wait a minute. Who is this? Guy? Like, like, where's, where's, where's so-and-so we opened the door and we forgot all about him. The dad was just joking. He forgot to go back out there and let the kid in. So he was sitting on the porch waiting for me to call his mom so that he can get picked up. Oh. <laughs> so then he walks in like almost, I, you could tell he was probably crying out there. I, was, I felt so bad for him. But it was like, it, <laughs> it was just so cool to like experience different cultures growing up. So for me, I just, I never forget that story because I remember seeing his face. He walked, he was like, oh, were you crying? <laughs> he's like, no. Nah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was his, it was his, it was his invite too. So, you know, he was mad at me. <laughs> Like, why did you come no. get me? Anyways, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent there. <laughs> you're good, you're good. That's why I got so excited about you speaking Spanish, though, because yeah. you know, there's actually a lot of um people that like because when I when I was growing up too, one of my friends was from Dominican Republic. Yeah. So for a long and this actually tells you how culture people, you know, may not be aware of different cultures. So my friend from the Dominican Republic, her dad was very dark skinned, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't and he, and he didn't speak any English. And I had never experienced that. Because right. in, in in Cali it was like black folks we we spoke English, yes, and then Mexican dudes they spoke Spanish, mm-hmm. and then her dad I was like why aren't you black? She's like no I'm Dominican, and I was <laughs> like oh so y'all yeah. don't speak okay, and so I met her dad and he had like a real like high pitched Spanish accent he was a big buff guy too, so I was like oh okay th- 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 this is something different for me this is something right. new for me, and so mm-hmm. when you start meeting all these different people did you experience that kind of like wow like I didn't know that this was different or that was different or just cultural Ooh. stuff. 
Yeah. So yeah, I have a great story about that. Um, Please do. I want to find my stories. I want to hear yours. Yes. <laughs> okay. It's a little bit embarrassing, but I am willing to suffer the consequences and the embarrassment for this story. But yeah. So when I was about 17, um, I traveled to Honduras and I thought that I knew like the, the most Spanish on the whole plane. Like I thought I was the bomb. Okay. So I saw this group of black people and I was traveling to traveling to Honduras to do some missionary work. And this group on the plane, I couldn't really hear them because, you know, we were sitting, they were up there and I was back. And so when we got off the plane and let me just tell you, we made it to Honduras and we made it to get our bags. And I'm trying to talk to this group and I I'm listening to them and I'm thinking, wait a minute, they're black. They're mm -hmm. only speaking Spanish. <laughs> what right. in the world? Yeah. And so I, my whole perspective, my whole ideal of what I thought about Hispanics, I've only seen what a Hispanic looked like from TV and things like that. But I did not know there were islands of black people <laughs> who only spoke Spanish. This we is were 17. That's why. I, I think was 17. It, yeah. And so it just open my eyes up. There are all different shades of Hispanic people. Mm. Um, I mean, all different shades. And so you can't really look at somebody and say they don't speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when that, when that happened, is that, damn, that's kind of crazy. Cause that experience, like if that happened to me, I'd be like, well, why? Like I actually, cause this also, this also ties into to what, um, like we'll get back to, you know, actually we are talking about letting go of fear, but mm -hmm. I've always had a fear. So when I was growing up, I always had a fear of acting white. Huh, okay. Yeah. Right. So there was a lot of that. And then I I realized I was like, well, if if acting white is 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 being respectful and all this, why are we why are we limiting ourselves and and to acting a certain way? And cause like like you're saying, because I would meet certain people and they're like, oh, that guy's corny, or that guy is this, that guy is that. And I'm like, well, he's actually like I look back, I'm like, the squarest dudes are the ones that are the most successful now, right? quote unquote. Right. And so I think there is this, we, we, we kind of put ourselves in these boxes and I, I, I'm only bringing this up because the Spanish thing kind of ties into that. Cause I had to, when I had that epiphany that like, Oh, you're, you're, you're Hispanic, you know, Afro, Afro Latino, you know, yeah. Afro Latina. I was like, I felt dumb as hell. <laughs> yeah. I felt really, really stupid because mm -hmm. the whole time I had been friends with her for quite some time at this point. And mm -hmm. so she kind of got offended. Like, Oh, you don't know who Dominicans are? Like, what's wrong with you? A little right. bit, right? I, I, she didn't make it, you know, a big deal, mm -hmm. but there was that kind of a okay. And so I think experiencing that early on was good, probably for both of us. Because yeah. <laughs> then now you don't wait until you're like in your thirties. <laughs> yeah, experience that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Yes. So yeah, it's so when you talk about letting go of fear, it, mm -hmm. we, we did talk about. It sounds like some certain things happened that maybe forced you to have to let go of fear would you would yes. you agree with that or is that oh yeah definitely i would say force i had no i didn't have an option and so like i was telling you earlier about how i was sick for you know um i would say about four and a half to five years of mm. um being it's constant ongoing yeah being sick and so i had all of these um fears Fears about dying, fears about not being able, you know, not being able to raise my girls, dying in my sleep and, um, you know, eating food. It became because of my food allergies developed so rapidly. I never knew 
if I ate a food yesterday, if I could eat it today. And so even if I ate it that morning, I could be allergic to it that night. And so how do all those things make you feel? Because externally, like those, those are very um, debilitating. Right? Yeah, yes. So how did that make you feel um, as a person? Because I've, I've dealt with an injury that mm-hmm. really caused Kylie kind of set on a, a, a slight depression because I was mm-hmm. I'm so used to being active that I couldn't work out. My knee was jacked up. And mm-hmm. so I didn't realize I was kind of like depressed about it. I yeah. gained a lot of weight because I wasn't as active as I could normally be. Mm-hmm. So did did you experience anything in along those lines at all, if you don't mind sharing? Yeah. So you mean as far as depression? Yeah, because of, of just being limited in your in your abilities to to do things at that at that time. Yeah. So just just hitting back on the fear thing a little bit, I'm going to close this off and then I'm going to head to the depression part because I think it it kind of ties into it. Oh, wow. OK. So when I had all of those fears um, and I wasn't coming out, you know, sometimes we can actually know the outcome or maybe go to the doctor and know what's going to come of this. But the problem was, is that no one knew what I, what I was going through. No one has ever really seen, um, what I was going through and they couldn't identify it. And so me not being, not having a diagnosis and right. knowing where they can actually send me to. I heard countless of times, I don't even know what you have and what's going on. So I don't even know what part of the hospital to send you to. If we did have to fly you somewhere, we don't know where to fly you because we don't know what's going on. And so all of those things being said to me just magnified the fears that I had going on in my head. And at that time, I shouldn't have talked to a counselor, but I wasn't doing so. You you just said you should have talked to a counselor, but you you did I I wasn't doing so at that time. Okay. But it led to um, all of those fears circling in my head and and make me making them come a reality for me and living and sitting in fear because um, because when we do that and we allow fear to sit in our lives and ruminate and, and just go rampant. It leads to de- a depression. It, it, I believe it really does because we're not um, accepting reality. Like I, I was rejecting the reality that, um, you know, I'm having all of these foods stripped away from me. I'm, I can smell the food really basically at that time. I couldn't actually smell the food, um, couldn't smell and, and things oh, wow. like that. And so it's, it was just a lot of things that was weighing on me. And so all of the familiarity that I grew up with, with talking about food was stripped away from me pretty much every day. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we have things stripped away at certain, you know, certain times a month later or whatever, but it was every day a reminder (laughs) about what I was going through. And so. May I ask you a question about this? Mm -hmm. Because uh, for one thing, uh, I keep hitting this mic. (laughs) For one thing, I want to thank you for sharing that because it it, it takes a lot of bravery to, to, to share that you're going through certain things like that. I think that I've always struggled with me- mental health is a hard one because if you if you physically um, uh, lacerate or cut somebody, right, they're gonna bleed. You see that there's a wound there, right. and then even when it heals, there's a scar, but it's visible. And I think that I've always struggled with how how do we how do we talk about mental health when you can't see it? How do we talk about things we can't see? And then you talk about your your, your faith and things of that of that nature. So I'm sure that tied into that because you can't see it, right? Mm-hmm. And my, my question would be, 
going through all that because if i met you today i would have no idea you've dealt with all those things right oh my word and yeah. and so you mentioned and now again guys we're, we're reflecting on this right that mm -hmm. was pretty much in the past right i don't want i don't want to put words in your mouth but those are things that you dealt with in the past that you're still aware of but how did you overcome that and what were some of the steps you uh you you, you took because you did mention a counselor and that early on you probably think you probably should have done it but hey you're you're doing great things now, so I'm not going to even dwell on that. But yeah, so what were some of the steps you took uh, to kind of get out of that? Or what was the thing that kind of helped you get out of that? Because it could be a, a number of different things. Yeah, I totally agree. And I would just like to say I'm I'm not completely out of it. Um, I'm still dealing with some health issues, even right now. Um, yeah, that's my right. Lungs are, my lungs are not operating at the capacity that I would like them to, but... Um, I have learned being sick for so long that I, if I don't do anything, I am just going to sit and allow my thoughts, my negative thoughts to control me. And so by me just continuing to move forward because I was, death was in my face for that long. I realized that I, tonight is probably not even promised for me. And so I have, I have work to do. Like my sickness actually woke me up. Mm. And so um, I was wow. just, I was just kind of, you know, smooth sailing life, not really doing anything, just in the background, um, allowing people to lead the way. And when I came up out of this, I mean, I was just like, I'm scared. Yes, I'm I'm scared, but I am just I'm just going to have to do this. And this is just all these things feel, that God was. Uh huh. I'm sorry, but what were we going to say? Yeah. All of these things while I was sick. I know that God was asking me to do things. I know it, but I was just like, how can I do it when I can't even talk? How can I do it? Because I just had an asthma attack, for instance. How can I do it? And I and my chest is burning, my throat is burning, and I can't even go outside of the house. Like, how how am I going to get this done? And so I was just rejecting everything that He put on me, and I know that it's not right. But now I understand. I believe that if I would have done what God asked me to do, I could have came up out of my depression a lot faster. Mm. I really, truly believe that. But yeah, so. Well, what I was going to ask you there, and, I, mm -hmm. and, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. And yeah. I, but what, do you feel like, because this is actually, this actually kind of makes it difficult for me to ask this question, right? Because what I would normally ask is, how, how have you transformed for that? But what mm -hmm. it sounds like to me, and this is, and then you can correct me if I'm wrong, is mm -hmm. that you're still in that transformation phase right now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. how does that feel to be in the phase and know you're going through a transformation? Ooh. Well, LJ, if I <laughs> can answer you honestly, um, I have only been healed. I'm not, I mean, I would like to be healed a little bit more than what I am, but I am okay with not being in a hospital constantly. I totally am thankful. Um, so I have only been not as sick for about a year and a half. Mm. So I'm still, you know, when I came up out of the sickness, I had to deal with all the mental issues and all of that stuff. And then I was, you know, uh, just just in phases hitting these things of coming out. And so going knowing that I am still in the transitional phrase, it is it's frightening. Because yeah. I don't feel like I'm equipped to do what I'm actually doing, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, but I know 
if I don't take a step and do anything with what I have been given, I can't grow. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to still be stuck. When when I, I'm still going to be stuck in, in the same thought process that thought processes that I was having when I was sick. And I do not want that. I want the opposite. Mm -hmm. And so I have realized that. You know, all of these what ifs. What if I die tonight in my sleep because my lungs are not operating the way I want? Well, <laughs> what if like, OK, so go to the next and I can just keep going on and on. But all I can say is, is that what I am doing now, knowing that I'm still being transformed is I have to know that I have something to offer. Mm -hmm. You do. My, my sickness, the story that I have it um, can actually reach somebody because there are a ton of sick people in the world who are depressed. And um, I just have, I just have more hope than I did before I was sick. I, I really do. And so, so you, you have more hope. I do. Yeah, I do. And I, I just feel like I'm on fire. Like I feel like I'm killing it, but I'm really not like, <laughs> no, I, you are you know, killing it. You really are. I, well, really I are. feel like I am, but you know, we, I guess I have to really think about give what yourself, is give yourself grace. I think you, you you have to give yourself a bit of grace. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Cause you're working through a lot. You're oof. working through a whole lot mm -hmm. and, and doing a whole lot more than most people that have the, their faculties all in order, you know, because, mm -hmm. um, it's like it's like with everything going on right now with everybody with COVID and everything, it kind of woke mm -hmm. a lot of people up in a smaller way. You, you know, recently I had a bout with um, I was having like anxiety attacks. Um, mm -hmm. This was not recently. Recently, it was probably about 2013, 2012. I, I had been in the service for about three for about four or five years at the time. And I was overseas and it just kind of shook me like, wow, I can't go like like I think the control of it all yeah. kind of hit me at once. Mm -hmm. And I literally remember this, like it was just, it was very scary. I woke up and I started having a panic attack mm -hmm. in my uh, dorm room. I had to leave the dorm room and get outside mm -hmm. because it was like, it was debilitating. Like I was mm -hmm. like, I just felt so confined and controlled. Mm -hmm. And even when I was outside, I still felt caged in. And I think that was one of the reasons why I decided to go into the reserves and get out. Because when that hit me, I was like, wow, like what am I doing with my life? I'm just going through the motions. Yeah of what has already been pre-conscribed. Pre, pre and mm -hmm. I think I have been reading so many books yeah. that it kind of hit me at that one moment. It was really late at night. It was like maybe like two or three in the morning. Um, and it was it was kind of crazy. But mm -hmm. I can, the thing is, I was like thinking about what you're dealing with right now. It On a smaller level, I'm like, wow, she's probably dealing with something like that on a daily basis mm -hmm. with what you were going through. So I can't even, I can't even fathom the strength that it takes to go through all that stuff because I dealt with like one day and it freaked me the hell out. <laughs> Just one evening and then I kind of like calmed down. I was like, oh my mm -hmm. God, like that was terrifying. I don't know what, I don't know what caused it really. I don't even know why it happened, but I was like really freaked out. Mm -hmm. But what's cool about this conversation that we're having is that when you say like letting go of fear, you would think that the person's like, yeah, I had some fears and they're gone forever now. Mm -hmm. But no, no, neither one of us are on an ivory tower where we're like, yeah, this is what happened. And now I'm like, I don't think anybody ever gets to that point. And there's a lot of people that live in denial that they think that we're only human. Like we can't, we're never going to, you, you have to deal with fear in a, in, in a different way. It transforms. It's always going to be there. Mm -hmm. um, I used to grow up and in, 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 in sing. And I always said that if, if the person performing isn't a little bit fearful, 
then they're probably not going to do a great job. Oh, yeah. Because that fear kind of like motivates you. And what's mm -hmm. interesting is that this whole conversation is like you've been motivated through the realization that, all right, I have to do, I have to do this. I have to do this mm -hmm. have to, despite it, despite it. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. Now, what are some of your plans moving forward, you know, as far as uh, some of the other things you're working on? Because we did talk about that um, you might be writing a book or something like that. Yes. Yeah, so I'm actually writing a book about my journey about being sick. It's a memoir. And um, I'm putting some things in there about how I use food to heal my body and actually giving some people some ideas to start how how to use food to actually heal your body. And so um, I know that it's possible. And when, before I was sick, I never knew or never really paid attention to how food can be used as our medicine. And so um, I'm writing a book about that and all the process um, that I went through and things that I dealt with while I was sick. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm writing a book and I started a YouTube in Spanish, which I was terrified to do. Um, I just switched the language over in December, but I knew that it was um, so it, it's necessary. fully in Spanish. It's just full Spanish, everything. Yeah. So, right. It's been for about a month that I have um, made the scary decision to do um, all Spanish. So, yeah. And how's that? And how's that? How's that been going? You, 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 I mean, you seem to be enjoying all these different challenges. Yes. So my life has not been as exciting as it has been since I have tackled everything that I have been afraid of. Um, so my my life has been enriched so much by just doing things that I'm afraid of, if that uh, if that makes sense at all. So, so if people I am, want to find your your YouTube channel, like what would be the best way for them? Like what would they search to get? Uh, I'm sure that that's what you want to send people, right? To check out what you're doing on YouTube. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that to be honest with you, my YouTube is in the beginning phases, and it takes a lot of work to start a YouTube channel. And mm -hmm. so there's the whole thing about being on camera and knowing how to speak on camera and then knowing how to write a script and all of those things that we actually don't see people do when they start a YouTube channel. Well, right. I'm starting that from scratch and by myself. And so, um, but you can definitely go check it out. Um, but it's called English E Espanol con Ladores. And so, yeah, I'm just um, trying to teach people and help people in Latin American countries to um, give them an opportunity to learn Spanish. I mean, English for free and to also have somebody available to them so they can have some help with pronunciation, which is a big thing when you are learning the language. And so as we wrap up, what would be the last thing you would like to share with our audience uh, as we wrap up, Ladores? Yeah, well, I can just... You know, that's a big question. <laughs> that's a big well, it's question. It's funny. I'll, I'll let you know. So I like to I like to let my guests get the last thought, like get the last word. Well, give me some feedback on how did you enjoy the conversation? You know, I absolutely did. I um, and I'm, I am going to tackle that question because I just I don't want to avoid it. And so anyways, yeah. So all I can say is don't let your fear run your way. <laughs> Don't let it drive you crazy to the point to where it's debil debilitating and to actually go towards your fear because I have figured out now th this just may be for me, but it also could be for other people as well. I have figured out when I do things that I am afraid of, my confidence is raised just a little bit higher. And also I have found more joy in the things that I'm afraid of. <laughs> If that makes sense. Speaking on camera, I was terrified. I used to shake 
before I got on the camera. Um, and also writing a book, just being afraid of not being able to complete an English sentence without grammar mistakes. But now I am just about to um, complete it. And so all of these things um, I have on my list, you know, being a leader of different groups that I thought I couldn't lead. I'm not doing it perfectly, but I would just say, just go ahead and start and start attacking those fears. You never know what it can actually bring um, into your life. So This has been Build It Bootcamp with your new friend, LJ Haywood. If you got any value out of this podcast, then go ahead, tap that subscribe button and share this podcast with a close friend that's entrepreneurial minded. And hey, I look forward to seeing you on future episodes. Talk to you soon.